The Chafetz Chaim quotes verses to tell us Lashon Hora will bring many curses. Not speaking Lashon Hora will lengthen our days and help us walk in his ways. So today I'm um, concluding uh, the introduction <coughs> to uh, Sefer Chafetz Chaim. And last time I spoke about all of the lavim, all the negative commandments that are violated by speaking Lashon Hora. Today I'll be talking about all of the asin, all of the positive commandments um, that are not fulfilled by speaking Lashon Hara. I'll also be talking about all of the different curses that the Chafetz Chaim explains are brought about on someone that speaks Lashon Hara. Um, so the first mitzvot ase, first positive commandment that is, vi- that is not fulfilled by speaking Lashon Hara is to remember what Hashem did to Miriam. And of course, Miriam spoke Lashon Hara against her brother Moshe by asking why Moshe didn't have to be with his wife while Miriam and Aaron were with their spouses. And, and basically she compared Moshe to, um, to you know, general um, Nevi'im, to general prophets like Miriam and Aaron, even though Moshe was much greater than all other prophets. Um, so nonetheless, so uh, she is, she gets a tsaras, she, she spoke Lashon Hora and she gets that that, uh, you know, she, she gets punished for it by, by getting that spiritual illness of Tzarat. Um, so she, you know, the, the Chavetz Chaim explains what's really crazy about, about Miriam and when she spoke Lashon Hora is just how much she loved Moshe. You know, she was there for Moshe really from day one. Um, she famously convinced her parents to uh, remarry and have to have children again. Um, she... You know, when, when she spoke Lashonora, first of all, you know, and then she saved, um, she saved Moshe from the Nile. She watched, she watched, you know, Moshe go down uh, the Nile River in the basket and made sure that her younger, you know, her baby brother was safe. She always had Moshe, her younger brother, in, you know, in her heart. She, she loved him. Um, and it says, you know, even in speaking Lashonora, she didn't degrade him at all. She spoke privately to Aaron. She didn't publicize her complaint. It was a general, it was a real concern that she had about really, about, uh, about Moshe's, you know, wife, Zipora, that, that Zipora, um, you know, wasn't being treated fairly. It wasn't anything really against Moshe. It was just to make sure that it was more positive for Zipora. Um, and all, you know, and, and really all, all she did was compare him in a nice way to other prophets and say, why is Moshe acting differently than all other prophets? Of course, it's because Moshe was greater than all other prophets. That's why he was acting differently. But, um, and, and on top of that, Moshe wasn't even offended. It says he was the most humble of all men, and Moshe wasn't offended by what, by what, uh, you know, by, by what his sister Miriam said. And nonetheless, the Chavetz Chaim says, nonetheless, we have to remember what, what Hashem did to Miriam, that, that Hashem punished Miriam for speaking Lashon Hora against her younger brother Moshe, even though it was done with really with the right intentions and it was done privately and it was only spoken to Aaron, who himself was a great person and Moshe wasn't even offended, all these things, nonetheless, it was still so bad to speak Lashon Hora. She does not get a free pass. She gets Tzarat. And we have to remember the fact that even, you know, very unlikely will we speak Lashon Hora in all of those great circumstances um, that Miriam spoke it in with all the right intentions and nobody was offended and it was private and it was only spoken to our own. And all she did was compare 
you know, him to another prophet, so many different reasons why it might seem okay. Nonetheless, we're told to, that, that uh, we have to remember that she ultimately was punished for, for speaking Lush and Hora. And he says, for us, when we speak Lush and Hora in a mean way, in a degrading way, um, you know, publicly, all the things, you know, with, without a sense of love in our heart, all these things that, that Miriam, you know, um, that, that Miriam was good for, if we speak it in a bad way, all the more so uh, how much of a crime, you know, a, a, of a sin we've committed. Okay, the next assay that uh, he spoke, that Chavetz Chaim speaks about is the famous love your fellow as yourself. Um, and he says that, you know, we worry about our own honor. We worry about our own public image. We're always concerned about how other people are thinking about us. Um, and if we have faults, we would not want those publicized. And even if they are publicized, he says, we wouldn't want people accepting them as true. Um, and he says that even if some faults are publicized, we wouldn't want other faults to be publicized. He says, basically, we we're so concerned about our own image. We love ourselves so much that we're so concerned about exactly how we look to the public. And he says, though, so the same should be true about speaking Lush and Hora about others, that if we really are that concerned about ourselves and how we look, then all the more so, you know, that, or equally, um, we should be very, very careful not to speak poorly about others because we have the command to uh, that we should, you know, love your fellow as you love yourself. And if that's really true, then since we go to such great lengths to make sure our own public image is good, then um, we, you know, should make sure that others' public image is also good. Um, he proves this by the fact that Shem and Yafet, who covered their father Noah's nakedness, are given tremendous uh, blessings. And, uh, and, and the lesson to be learned from this is that hiding, you know, hiding faults of someone else like it's your own is, uh, is, is viewed very positively in the Torah. That just like, you know, Noah would have liked to cover himself if he could have, um, and Shem and Yafet did that for him, they are tremendously praised um, for such a thing. Then he gets, we get to another mitzvot uh, aseh, Adam lechafzchut, to judge your fellow favorably. Um, and the, the point here is, um, you know, if you hear something that's maybe questionable about someone, you're supposed to judge them favorably. And, uh, and, and he says that if it's a normal person, you're supposed to judge them favorably. He says, if it's a chacham, if it's a wise person, a sage, um, even if the thing sounds really bad, you're still supposed to judge them favorably. Um, and he says, maybe how, how could you judge someone favorably by, by, you know, if you hear something bad about someone, how can you judge someone favorably? It says, you can do that by assuming you only heard half the story. And he, uh, the Chavetz Chaim gives an example of where you might only hear half the story and totally, you know, interpret it the wrong way. He says, there's a way to read the Torah. He says, Chas v'shalom, but there's a way to read the Torah that really encourages idolatry. He says, if you read the verse in Devarim, you will worship idols. You might think that we're actually supposed to do idol worship. Um, and he says, obviously, that's not true because you only read half the verse. If you read the beginning of the verse, it says, guard yourself not to be seduced by idols and turn away from, uh, and turn away from idols uh, lest you worship idols then it's clear from that first part of the verse 
that we're supposed to guard yourself, we're supposed to turn away, and it's saying those are the different methods that we can take to prevent ourselves from worshiping idols. So if we just read, you will worship idols, we'd get totally the wrong message. And he says the same is true of Lush and Hora, that if we only read, you know, if we hear Lush and Hora, we should assume it's only half the story. And if we heard the first part of the story or the end part of the story, we'd realize that that really it was, you know, that person should be judged favorably. Um, okay, so moving to the next mitzvot ase, it says, if your brother becomes poor, you should strengthen him and let him live with you. So the idea here is that if someone becomes, before you let someone come, you become poor, you should give them a loan, give them a job, become a business partner with him, do anything you can to strengthen a fellow Jew to make sure that they don't fall into poverty. So he says, all the more so, if you speak Lush and Hora about someone and they end up losing out on a business deal or a job, um, then you violate this this law about, you know, causing your, don't let your brother become poor. Um, and he says, though, there are exceptions to this. If you know the, if, if, if it's been documented, you know, the person is, um, is, is a thief or is not trustworthy, there are certain ways to be able to speak, you know, Lashon Hora in a permissible way that I'll get to later in the podcast that uh, the Chavetz Chaim explains. But he says just on its face, um, you should be very careful not to speak Lashon Hora that will lose someone money because you're not allowed to, um, you know, make someone, you're, you're, in, in fact, you're supposed to strengthen someone from not becoming poor. You shouldn't, certainly shouldn't make someone poor. Um, but Lashon Hora, of course, has that power. Um, then it's, he, he says, uh, the, another mitzvot ase is hocheach tochiach, which uh, means you should reprimand, you should criticize, uh, constructively criticize your fellow. So what does this mean? It says, if a person is about to say Lashon Hora, about to speak Lashon Hora, you should interrupt them and say, you know what, um, it's, it's Lashon Hora, don't say that. You know, and he says, um, it's something interesting, he says, if you can tell, sometimes you have to wait to, because it's not clear that it's Lush and Hora until the end, then you should criticize them. But he says if it's clear it's Lush and Hora even from the beginning, and the person is a very important qualifier on this, if the person is, um, you know, willing to take criticism, if they're not willing to take criticism, then it's, it's wrong to criticize them. But if they're willing to take criticism and they're willing to change their ways because you criticize them, it's a command that you have to criticize them. So it says... Um, you shouldn't wait until they're done speaking Lush and Hora to criticize them because he, he gives a, 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 um, an example. He says, if someone's eating pork and you know that it's pork, you should tell them, hey, you're eating pork. That's not kosher. Right away, before they eat the entire, you know, um, the entire piece of bacon, you should tell them right at the beginning that it's pork. And he says the same is true with Lush and Hora. Don't let them speak the entire thing of Lush and Hora because he says every word of Lush and Hora is as if you, you know, it's it's every word is a is a sin all by itself. So he says, don't let someone finish speaking lashon hora. If it's clear it's lashon hora at the beginning, um, say it right away, criticize them right away, interrupt them even if they're willing to. Of course, if they're willing to take criticism, interrupt them right away. Don't let them say it you know all the way through and reprimand them. Then another mitzvah ase is bo tidbak, um, cling to Hashem. What does this mean? It means spend time with Torah sages. So if you're spending time with Talmidei Chachamim, then they're probably not speaking Lashon Hora, and you're going to be better off. So he says, if you spend time with good people, then you're going to um, prevent yourself sp- from spending time in the wrong crowds. 
Uh, so that's how to cling closer to God is by spending time with people that don't speak Lashon Hora. Then it says, be, awe, be in awe of my holy places. So this is uh, referring to not speaking Lashon Hora in Shul, which is a very common place to speak Lashon Hora, unfortunately, because it's a gathering place, there's a lot of talking. And he says, maybe it's even a problem to just speak mundane speech. I remember a story when I was in Yeshiva, I was talking about uh, the Browns with someone that was there, and someone came up to me and said, you know what, really, you shouldn't speak that in the Beit Medrash, that it's not right to speak about, you know, mundane things uh, like, like the Browns in, uh, in you know, uh, in the Beit Medrash. So, so here he says, it's even worse, though, of course, to speak Lashon Hora. Um, and he says, um, it, it, the Chafetz the Chaim, he, he says he really criticizes people that sometimes just before the Torah service, you know, just before the Torah is taken out of the Aron, people will start talking to each other, and of course they start talking Lashon Hora, and then they talk Lashon Hora all throughout the leaning. He really criticizes them for this, the Chavetz Chaim, for saying that um, not only, you know, do you violate this idea of speaking Lashon Hora, but you're, you're speaking in the holy place of, of where the Torah is being read, and you're not listening to the Torah, instead you're speaking Lashon Hora. He says it's a tremendous sin to do such a thing, to speak Lashon Hora during the Torah service, which is very common, he says. Then he says, um, that you have to honor the elders. And this is um, talking about both elderly people and it's talking about chachamim, uh, wise people, even if they're not elderly. And it's talking about elderly, even if they're not wise. Um, so if you speak Lashon Hora about the elderly or the or chachamim, uh, that's another, um, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not supposed to, to do that. Then it says, um, uh, he says, uh, Vikidashto, which is talking about sanctifying a Kohen, that if you speak Lashon Hora about a Kohen, uh, he says that shame is felt even more by a Kohen than a general Jew, apparently. And he says that's uh, even a, a bigger example of, you know, that that's a, if you speak Lashon Hora about a Kohen, that's even, uh, you know, an extra uh, thing that you're violating. Then it says you should honor your mother and father, Kivod Avim, and um, that is, he says, if you speak Lashon Hora about your mother and father, you're violating that. He says, uh, Hashem Elokecha Tira, that you should fear Hashem. And this is, but he basically says, if you are always, this is a constant command that if you're always aware and kind of um, in awe of God, then you will stop speaking Lashon Hora. And he also says that if you're in awe, you know, if someone um, criticizes you, uh, and tries to prevent you from speaking Lashon Hora, uh, if you fear God enough, you will accept their criticism, you'll accept their rebuke, and not speak Lashon Hora. Um, but he says, sometimes people will do the opposite. When they're criticized for speaking Lashon Hora, they lash out, and they even say God's name in vain, it says. Um, okay, so then he says the assay of, um, you're supposed to learn, learn Torah, Talmud Torah. And he says the only exemption to learning Torah in your free time is if you're learning a livelihood, but otherwise you should be learning Torah. So he says, Lashon Hora, that's certainly not going to help you earn a livelihood. So um, basically, this is the idea of opportunity costs, that if you're speaking Lashon Hora, you're not earning a livelihood and you're not studying Torah. So you're violating this command to study Torah if you spend your time busy, you know, speaking, speaking uh, evil speech, Lashon Hora. And he says that if you're not learning, this sort of gives free reign to speak Lashon Hora, um, and, uh, which, which is interesting. So uh, then he says, you know, he, he goes into, the Chavetz Chaim goes into this um, uh, 
commentary that he says normally, you know, the, if someone gives us a raise in a job, we end up working harder um, for that person. But he says we don't do that for, uh, for the mitzvot, that sometimes if God blesses us with something, very oftentimes, if God blesses us with wealth, uh, he, he says, then very oftentimes we take that to mean that we have to work even harder at our job, that we have to, you know, he says, um, stop learning Torah. He says, stop going to Minyan. He says, uh, all these, you know, basically become totally cut off from Judaism just because we get more success. So he says, as opposed to, you know, normally when a person is given a raise, we end up working harder. But he says it's not that that for some reason is doesn't hold true, even though it should hold true. It doesn't hold true when we're blessed, when, when we're given blessings by God, that we often take that to mean we should follow the Torah less than we've been following in the past. Um, and uh, it says that basically, uh, you know, we, we are so consumed with our physical uh, well-being that we try to build houses in this world, but he says in, in Mishle that one who learns Torah builds a house for himself in the next world, um, and that sometimes we're very often, you know, we're never content physically. We're always, the, the, the more and more money we make, the more and more we want in the physical world, but we're content with ourselves in the spiritual world. And he should be, he says it should be the exact opposite, that we're never content spiritually, but we are content physically. Um, then he says, you know, on this idea of learning Torah, you can't just say, let me speak Lashon Hora right now, and then I'll learn Torah later. He says, the reason you can't say that is because the obligation applies at every moment to learn Torah. So you can't say, you know what, I'm going to speak some Lashon Hora right now. Give me a little bit of time, then I'll speak Lashon Hora. I'll, I'll, I'll learn Torah later. He says, it doesn't work that way because the obligation to learn Torah is at every moment. He, he compares it to, there's a certain time, you know, that you have to say the Shema, for example. So he says, you know, you can't just say, I'll say the Shema later. Uh, if you miss that time, you miss that time. And he says the same is true here, that if you miss the time to study Torah, then you're missing, you know, you're, you're basically squandering that opportunity. You can't just say, let me speak Lashon Hara now and, and I'll learn Torah later. Then he says, uh, stay away from Sheker, stay away from falsehood. Um, and he says, oftentimes people will sprinkle in, you know, some lies or some non-truths into their Lashon Hara. And that would be, even though Lashon Hara is ultimately true, if you sprinkle in some lies, he says that would be the, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the mitzvah against, um, you know, telling us to stay away from, from, uh, from falsehood. Then he says, walk in his ways in walk in Hashem's ways. And he says, Hashem's ways are good. Um, you know, and that we should be compassionate and we should be merciful. And if we speak Lashon Hora, that's not Hashem's ways. All right, now getting to the Arurin, to the, to the curses that uh, are brought about on someone that speaks Lashon Hora. He says, cursed is the one that hits his fellow secretly. Rashi explains this means Lashon Hora, that someone that, who hits his fellow secretly, who talks negatively behind someone's back, that is Lashon Hora, and that person will be cursed. Cursed is the one who causes the blind to go astray. Um, Chavetz Chaim says this is similar to Lifnei Iver, to the law against placing a stumbling block before the blind, um, that someone that does that will go, you know, will, will, um, will be cursed. And as I mentioned, speaking Lashon Hora, basically it's, it's giving a stumbling block. If you're the speaker, it's giving a stumbling block to the listener to believe you. And if you're the listener, you're encouraging the speaker to keep going with their Lashon Hora. And that's creating a stumbling block for them to sin. Then it says, cursed is the one that won't uphold the mitzvahs in the Torah, um, and he says, if you, 
you know, say Lashon Hora isn't a big deal, it's as if you deny the entire Torah. And you're, you'll be cursed for that. Then he says, cursed is the person that degrades his father and mother. He said, if you speak Lashon Hora about your mom or dad, then you're cursed. Um, and he says, for all of these things, you'll be cut off for it. And he also, um, Chavetz Chaim concludes his introduction by saying that Lashon Hora um, leads to bad mito, leads to negative character traits, that someone that speaks Lashon Hora will, you know, be angry, will be jealous, will be cruel. All of these bad character traits um, stem from speaking Lashon Hora. Okay, so to recap what I spoke about. Um, so this is uh, continuing, as I said, I can, continuing on with the introduction to the Sefer Chafetz Chaim. Last time I spoke about the Lavim, the negative commands. Now I'm talking about the Asin, and the positive commands. Um, the first mitzvot Ase that's violated by speaking Lashon Hora is to remember what Miriam did. I said the Chafetz Chaim says, you know, what did even Miriam do wrong? She um, loved Moshe. She protected him from the Nile River. She didn't degrade him. She only spoke privately to Aaron. She only compared him to the other prophets. There didn't seem to be anything wrong. But nonetheless, she's criticized and she's actually punished by Hashem with Surat for speaking Lashon Hora, for, for suggesting that Moshe has the same level of, um, you know, of, of uh, Navua of prophecy as all the other prophets, which was not true. Um, and, and even though she did it with like so many things that would seem positive, Moshe wasn't even offended by the Lashon Hora. Nonetheless, she's punished for it. So all the more so, we should be careful not to. Then he says, Love your fellow as yourself. He says, you know, we're always so consumed by our own honor, by our own image, and we should be just as concerned for other people's honor and other people's image. And just as we try to, you know, prevent our faults from being publicized, and if they are publicized, then we hope that people will, will think they're not true. The same is true with others, that we should not publicize other people's faults. And if we hear other people's faults, we should think they're not true. Then he gives an example of Shem and Yafet, Noah's sons, cover Noah's nakedness, and they are praised, they're blessed for doing that. And it says that we should also go a very far to, uh, you know, to, to hide our, our, our friends, our fellows' faults, just like Shem and Yafet did. Then he says, Adam l'chaf, so to, to, to judge your fellow favorably, that if something heard someone questionable, you should judge, you know, you should judge them favorably. Um, and if they're a sage, then, uh, you know, even if it sounds something really bad, we should still judge them favorably. And he says, oftentimes, how do we judge people favorably? We, as- we should assume that it's only half the story. And he gives an example. He says in the Torah, you might read the Torah and, chas- and uh, chas v'shalom think that we're supposed to worship idols. It says you will worship idols. But that's just because you didn't read the beginning of the Pasuk that says you should guard yourself not to be seduced by idolatry and turn away from idolatry. Otherwise, you'll, you know, lest you worship idols. And it says that basically if we only read, you know, if we only hear half the story, we might totally get the wrong message. So if we hear something negative about someone, we should assume it's only half the story. Then it says if your brother becomes poor, strengthen him and let him live with you. He says that if you speak Lashon Hora and it causes a person to lose his job or lose a business deal, then that's violating this command that we're supposed to make sure that people don't become poor, that if someone is on the borderline of becoming poor, we should strengthen them, give them a loan, become a business partner with them. Um, and it says, you know, speaking Lashon Hora and causing them to lose money, to lose their livelihood uh, is certainly a violation of that. Then it says, um, ha 
that we should reprimand and criticize, you know, and constructively criticize our fellow if he's going to listen to it. So it says, if a person's about to say Lashon Hora, we should criticize them. And as I said, he says, don't wait until they're done speaking. Uh, if we know it's Lashon Hora at the beginning and they'll accept criticism, criticize them right at the, right at the beginning. It's because it says, you know, just like if someone was eating bacon, we would tell them right away, hey, you're eating a pig. You know, that, that's, that's not kosher. So before they finished the, the whole piece of bacon. So he says, so too, we should not, um, uh, you know, we, we shouldn't wait around and wait until they're done speaking Lashon Hora to tell them to stop. Then he says, Bo uh, titbak that to cling to Hashem, this means that we should cling to Torah sages, uh, to the Talmudic Chachamim, and he says those people will not speak Lashon Hora. Um, and then, you know, so that's why if we, if we cling to them, then we'll prevent ourselves from being around people that speak Lashon Hora. Then it says, be in awe of my holy places, um, and this is to say, don't speak Lashon Hora in Shoal. Um, and he says that very oftentimes people will start speaking Lashon Hora right before the Torah is taken out and all throughout the, the leaning. And he says that's a terrible sin that, you know, you would speak Lashon Hora in a shoal, and all the more so you would speak it during the, the, the Torah, you know, during the Torah reading. Um, then he says, Vahadarta Zakin, that we shouldn't speak Lashon Hora about elderly people or Talmidei Chachamim um, uh, because we should honor them. Then it says vikidashto that we should sanctify a coin. That um, you know, if the person's a coin that you're speaking lashon hara against, then all the more so. Um, then it says you should honor your father and mother. He says if it's a you know your father and mother you're speaking lashon hara against, you're violating the idea of kivadavaim of honoring your father and mother. Then he says Hashem elokecha tira that we should fear God. That he says that if we're aware. Of you know, and if we're in, in awe of God, then that'll stop us from speaking lashon hara. And he says we shouldn't mock people that rebuke us for speaking lashon hara, because very oftentimes when someone you know when, when someone rebukes us, we'll lash out at them and say, "What do they think they you know who do they think they are?" Um, you know, and and uh, he says don't don't do that. Uh, accept the rebuke, change your ways. Then he says um, that there is an ase, a positive command to learn Torah. And he says you're only exempt from learning Torah when you earn a livelihood. But speaking Lashon Hora doesn't help you earn a livelihood. So therefore, not speaking Lashon Hora, basically speaking Lashon Hora, the opportunity cost means that you're not learning Torah. Um, and he says, then he goes into some general, like, Musr, um, and he says that when a person is paid, um, normally a person, when a person's given a raise at a job, they end up working harder at that job. But he says, ironically, uh, we when when God blesses us, we don't do the same for the mitzvot. When God blesses us with good things, we don't end up studying harder. He says actually the opposite. Sometimes if we're given blessing, we end up working, we end up further, you know, straying further away from uh, from from the mitzvot and from studying Torah. He says that you'll end up building houses, you'll end up, you know, trying to acquire more and more physical things. He says that's the wrong approach. He says in Mishlei that one who learns Torah has built a house for himself in the next world. That, and he says that too often people are content with what they have spiritually, but not content with what they have physically. He says it should be the opposite. Um, that we are content with, with, with what we have physically, but uh, spiritually we're always growing. Then he says, um, you can't say that I'll learn Torah later. So, you know, maybe you'll say, let me just speak some Lashon Hora now. I'll learn Torah later. He says, no, it doesn't work that way because every single moment there's an obligation 
um, of learning Torah. So you can't just, if you, if you miss that time, he says, it's just like missing the time to say the Shema or something. Because if you miss that time, then, um, you know, to learn Torah, then it's as if you violated that, uh, that command. You can't just say, I'll learn later. Let me speak Lashon Hora now. Um, then he says, stay away from Sheker, that if you sprinkle lies into your Lashon Hora, that's even worse. He says, walk in his ways, walk in God's ways. That he says Hashem's ways are always good, compassionate, merciful, and if we speak Lashon Hora, that's not like the way that God uh, walks. Then the curses um, that uh, the Chavetz Chaim explains, he says, cursed is the one that hits his fellow Jew secretly. And he says, Rashi explains that's talking about hitting your Jew secret, a fellow Jew secretly is talking about uh, Lashon Hora, evil speech. It says, cursed is one who causes the blind to go astray. So this is similar to Leif Neiver that... Um, that the speaker is sort of trying to encourage the listener to believe his Lashon Hora, and the listener of Lashon Hora um, is encouraging the speaker to keep going with the Lashon Hora. So uh, that's causing, you know, and then that person will be cursed. Both parties there. Then it says, cursed is one that does not uphold the mitzvot of the Torah. Um, he says that if you think that Lashon Hora isn't a big deal and you trivialize it, it's as if you deny the entire Torah. He says, Cursed is the person that degrades his father and mother. Um, and uh, so if you speak Lashon against your father and mother, you'll be cursed. Then he says that um, he, he concludes the introduction by saying the real problem with Lashon Hora is that it leads to just general bad mito, that it, it leads to bad character traits of anger, of jealousy, of cruelty, that when we speak Lashon Hora, um, we will ultimately become bad people. Um, and if we don't speak Lashon Hora, we'll, we'll improve ourselves. So with that, I'll read my poem. The Chafetz Chaim quotes verses to tell us Lashon Hora will bring many curses. Not speaking Lashon Hora will lengthen our days and help us walk in his ways. And with that, uh, L'chaim L'chaim.